Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back on the podcast. And this week, Ash and I are sitting down with a special guest. We have Joelle Cavanero on the show. And Joelle is the founder and head coach of Level 10 Coaching. She's an online educator who specializes in women's health, nutrition, physique development. And if you follow her at Joelle Samantha, you'll know all kinds of stuff, not only about her, but about her little pup that she's got and just really how awesome of an individual and a human being that she is. Joelle has her master's degree in exercise physiology, and she actually used to teach health education to high school students. And so over the course of all that time, Joelle has amassed a wealth of knowledge and experience that we're incredibly excited to share with you all today. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode number 53, and we are here with Joelle Cavaniero. Did I say that correctly, or did I mess yeah. it up? <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> we just had a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here today with a special guest, guys, and I'm going to allow Ashley to kind of introduce Joelle and give you a little bit of background, and then we'll just roll into the conversation. We're excited to have her here, and uh, Ash, take it away. All righty. So Joelle is the founder and head coach of Level 10 Coaching. She is an online coach and educator who specializes in women's health, nutrition, and physique development. If you follow her at Joelle Samantha, you will quickly learn that she has the cutest little pup. (laughs) Uh, She also has her master's degree in exercise physiology, and she used to actually teach health education to high school students. Um, Joelle has a wealth of knowledge and experience that we are incredibly excited to share with y'all. So, Joelle, why don't you take a second to tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Sure. I feel like that was such a good intro. I don't even need, <laughs> need to intro myself. Um, I do have a very cute puppy named Molly. If you hear some like pitter patter in the background, it's because we got to cut her nails <laughs> here on the wood floor. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Joelle. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, my background, like Ashley said, is in exercise science or exercise physiology. Um, before that, I actually did my undergrad in both health education and physical education. So my goal was to be a health and PE teacher. Uh, I did that while also kind of running my fitness coaching business on the side. Um, and just the last year, I left my full-time teaching gig to take my fitness coaching business full-time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the brief lowdown, um, had kind of a crazy journey. I mean, I've been in the fitness space for about 10, nine or 10 years now. Um, everything from eating disorders to hormone issues, to gut issues. I feel like I've, I've, I've seen a lot. I've had a roller coaster of a health and fitness journey, probably like, you know, most people that embark on some sort of health and fitness journey. We all, you know, believed different things at different (laughs) chapters in our journeys. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful for it regardless, because everything that I've been through in that, you know, in each different chapter has gotten me to where I am now. So now I get to educate others about those things so that they don't fall down the rabbit hole. I did. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, what inspired you to pursue a career in this field, or was it kind of just what you just said, like your background? So, uh, I would say 
my coaching, my desire to start coaching actually stemmed from working with another coach that was not a good coach. Um, I didn't know this at the time, you know, you think kind of when you look up to someone in the industry that they're like, oh my gosh, they know so much. I, I, I would love to work for them or I'd love to work under them. And so I was coached and this was like, we're talking like circa 2011, 2012. So like beginning of like fitness Instagram, like sponsorships were like not a thing yet. You didn't have like sponsored athletes and collabs. Like you just had people sharing their stuff. Um, and so there was a coach that had found me and I was so super tiny and like in the midst of my eating disorder. And there was this coach that DM me and was like, Hey, I would love to coach you, um, for free, basically, if you would just like post about it on your Instagram. And I, I mean, I had a few thousand followers at the time, literally from like posting a picture of an apple posting a picture of like the ab workout that I did that day. Like Instagram was so different back then. Um, and so I started working with this coach and, and he actually, I, I can't, I can't say that he was just a, a terrible coach overall. Um, I ended up working for him and being a coach for his business. And then that's when I realized like the, the back end stuff was not being run how I would have liked to see things run. Okay. Um, but from a coaching standpoint, he was actually a, a kind of pivotal person in my journey because he's who opened up my eyes to macro tracking. And so that was something that actually really, really shifted my relationship with food because he kind of swooped me up mid eating disorder where I was like, so fearful of carbs, sugar, fat, um, you know, anything like that. And he was like, no, 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 you can have this much food per day and not gain any weight regardless of what you eat. And I was like, what, um, you know, <laughs> this goes against everything I've ever believed. You know, when people hear about macros and, and calories in calories out, they're like, no, this sounds fake. Sounds fake. <laughs> um, so that really changed kind of my relationship with food. And so I, I give him credit for that, like sort of pivotal relationship change with my body and exercise and food. Um, and so I was a sponsored athlete for him for a while. And then I eventually started working for the company. He asked me to be a coach for the company. And I was like, okay. Um, I was in school for health and fitness. Like it, it made sense. Um, and he was kind of my mentor. So if I had a question, you know, I'd go to him and whatnot. And eventually the more I learned through school, through certifications, through personal training certifications, you know, all of that, the more I realized like, this doesn't seem right. Like people are on like a thousand calories a day, 1100 oh, calories no. a day. Like this just, I can't, it just doesn't feel right. I can't get with this. And there was just some slimy things happening behind the scenes. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I don't want my name associated with this. And again, like at this point, I'm like, 20, like I'm, I'm 19, 20 years old, just wow. trying to like navigate this industry that I'm just starting to like learn about. And, um, and so I left not on the best terms, but I left, um, and eventually created what was then Joel Samantha fitness. Um, and so I was like, look, I'm, I want to continue helping people. I love doing this. I want to be the mentor for people that, you know, this person was for me and be that pivotal person in, in other people's journeys. Um, and so I started Joelle Samantha fitness and, um, started taking a few clients here and there that all were just coming through Instagram. You know, it would be someone that DM me like, Hey, do you do coaching? Like it was not this saturated, you know, thing that it is now. Um, fitness coaching was like, 
people didn't know what it was. You didn't, Mm -hmm. it was personal training. And when you tried to explain to someone that you did it online, they were like, are you nuts? Um, (laughs) People didn't understand it. I I think some people still don't understand it now, Um, but people didn't understand it then. And so uh, I, I had this Joel Samantha fitness while going through school, um, finishing my undergrad, doing my health education, doing my, my physical education education, doing my student teaching. I kind of kept this all on the side. Um, and then I remember when I graduated and the more I learned and you guys might feel the same way. I feel like the more you learn in your field, the more you realize, you know, nothing. Um, and so the more I kind of learned about like fitness and exercise, um, I took one undergrad exercise science in my health and fitness, um, the, my health and phys ed, you know, degrees. I took one undergrad exercise science class and everyone failed it. And I got an A and I was like, this is my gym. Like, I love this. Um, and I remember the same thing, like my anatomy and physiology class, everyone failed it. And I was like nail in that class. And I was like, this, like, this is my stuff. Like I want, I love learning about the body. Um, and so when I graduated with that dual bachelor's, I, I was like, okay, well, I could either do more school because forever a student, Mm -hmm. or I could go right into teaching. And so the school that I was graduating from actually had a graduate exercise science program. um, And they had this position up where every year they take five students to uh, be a graduate assistant. And basically, if you're a grad assistant, you're working for the grad program, you're teaching, you know, labs and undergrad classes and, you know, running the, the exercise programs at the school, stuff like that. And then they pay for your tuition Um, and it's an accelerated program. So if you're a GA, um, then it's a, you know, year and two months program instead of like a three-year program because you're like fully immersed. Um, So I applied for that position. I interviewed, I ended up getting it. So then I was like, all right, looks like we're not teaching yet. We're going to stay in school for another year. Um, So that graduated in May, started in July and then finished the following like August, maybe, uh, 13 ish months. And then, um, sorry, I know I'm getting down a rabbit hole here. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. Dang it. No, you're fine. (laughs) Hopefully I'm not boring everyone to death. Um, so basically went and did this master's degree. Um, it was really, really cool, extensive, just fully immersed in all things exercise science. My master's thesis, I'm going to get real nerdy here, but my master's thesis was on blood flow restriction in conjunction with post-activation potentiation on sprint performance. Um, so if you've ever heard of like PAP or BFR, that was kind of like a combo of those two things. Um, so that was really cool. And then, um, I actually had a, an athletic director from, a school in the city, um, in New York city had reached out to one of my Adelphi professors, my college professors and said, Hey, I need a health and PE teacher, um, that knows like exercise science, personal training, sports medicine. Do you know of anyone in your program? And he was like, I got you. Um, so I actually ended up interviewing for a teaching position for the following school year in March. So I didn't graduate with my master's till like August but I already had a job lined up from March for that September. So it was just kind of like a whirlwind. And I got, I also got engaged among all of that. Oh so my gosh. it was kind of like wedding planning masters. And then we moved to the city because now both of our jobs were going to be in the city. So it was like move, plan wedding, finish degree, start <laughs> teaching career, also have your business on the side. It was, it's been an insane few years. Um, so hope that kind of got you up to speed on everything. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then I taught in the city here for four years. I absolutely loved it, but, um, Instagram kept growing, business kept growing. And I just started to feel a whole lot more aligned with coaching, um, than I did with teaching. 
So uh, last year was my first school year that I was not teaching, uh, the 2019 school year. Kind of a good time to leave because then COVID happened. And uh, teachers, I feel for you right now because it stinks. Um, all the distance learning and everything like that, it's, uh, it's crazy. So yeah, so this is, I guess, my second school year technically that just started that I am not teaching and running the biz full time. Um, which is now no longer Joel Samantha Fitness. It's now level 10 coaching. Um, and basically that we did this past March did a rebrand um, into level 10 from Joel Samantha Fitness because I was just, I, I left teaching so I could take more people and serve more people. And uh, then I left and within like two months I was at max capacity on my own. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? Because <laughs> I have 150 people on a wait list. Like I'm only one person. How do I do that? this. Um, and so I started hiring a team and I knew that if I wanted to build a team, I didn't want it to just be like Joe, the Joel show. Um, so I was like, I don't want it to be Joel Smith, the fitness anymore. And so we branched into level 10, uh, 10 is an acronym for training, education, and nutrition, which are my three core values of, you know, helping people level up their, their training, education, and nutrition and level 10 was born. And now we have a team of seven coaches two mental health, uh, professionals and an assistant. So it has been, it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to stop talking now because I've just talked a whole <laughs> lot. Sorry about that. Uh, but I hope that somewhere in there, I answered your questions. Absolutely. No, I love that. Um, now I, I do have a quick question. Did sure. you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you think that you were going to always teach and like coaching was going to be on the side? I thought forever I would be a teacher. I mean, literally up until I left teaching, people asked me, <laughs> ever leave teaching and do coaching full time? And I was like, no way. I love teaching. I would never leave. Well, <laughs> never say never folks, because, uh, yeah, it just, it just made sense. And it was, it was a tough school year. My health was not in a great spot. My stress was just so super high and it just, I just didn't feel as aligned anymore. And I mean, if there's any teachers listening to this, especially high school, I mean, I taught high school health and PE, so you don't have the, the most motivated you know, of, of kids. It's not like elementary PE where like kids are so excited for gym class, you know, in high school kids are like, screw this. Um, so, you know, it, it got to a point where I was like, dang, I feel like there's so many people that are like, here, take my money. Let me work with you. And then I'm going into a school building of like, I don't even want to go to your class. This sucks. <laughs> You know, and I was just like, where is like, where can I help people more? I just didn't feel as valued anymore as a teacher as I did as a coach. Um, so no, I never thought that I would like take coaching full time. I never thought that like my little Joelle Samantha fitness, that was like a little bit of extra cash on the side of teaching, you know, would, would turn into what it is now. So I'm super, super grateful for it, but I had never, I thought I'd be a teacher and, and enjoy my summers off and that would be it yeah that's so awesome yeah that's that's great i love that story too i mean we uh we have a really similar story to that we were both gas at university of pittsburgh for a master's program in health and fitness that's how we met that's actually. so crazy oh my gosh and uh yeah and then from there i ended up getting a full-time position for the university in strength and conditioning ashley ended up getting a full-time position at the university in the uh, health and physical health activity. and physical activity department 
Wow. And yeah, and that was kind of like the the beginning of all of this as well. So pretty uh, pretty interesting. That's so crazy. Similarities there, yeah. Yeah. Was was your GA program as brutal as mine? <laughs> it probably it wasn't was like... as brutal as yours sounded. Uh, we uh, we it's were very crazy. fortunate. We Ashley and I knew quite a bit like going into it. studying was easy for us. The you know we were kind of like you like we loved the physiology, the yeah. anatomy, all of that. Uh, and then it was really just balancing like you had mentioned doing all the other graduate assistant duties that they throw on your plate, like teaching those PE classes and, yeah. and doing all the extra stuff. So you locked out. He had an easy schedule. So it was easier <laughs> for him. <laughs> Mine was like, it was, you started at 6 a.m. We had an adult fitness program, which was a cardiac rehab program. So we ran five cardiac rehab classes per day for the adult fitness program. That was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Then Tuesday, Thursday, we had a change program, which was a teen obesity program. And we ran that. So you kind of like worked from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then you had your grad classes from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I lived an hour from school. So it was like oh, 5 a.m. to like 11 p.m. every day for 13 months. It was, I'm grateful for it, but it was hell. It was hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty similar. We were fortunate. We only lived about 10 minutes from the university. Yeah. But oh, that makes a difference. It was the same deal, right? Like adult classes yeah. from 6 a.m. to whatever, doing other duties yep. and then classes from seven six or seven yeah. at night until 10. yeah not the best at class at night <laughs> no like it's you sh it really should be like either morning classes or something but when you're shot after like a 12-hour yeah. day already and now you got to start like your heavy you know classes on cardiac rehab or you know exercise physiology one exercise physiology two it was just yeah <laughs> i look back and i'm like how did i do that like how did i survive yeah absolutely um no i but i also loved hearing like where your business is now so how are you currently spending most of your time are you doing like one-on-one -on -one coaching or mentoring or you're kind of just <laughs> busy running the busy show still <laughs> yeah um so kind of a little bit of both i think something that i wasn't expecting expecting maybe when I, when I branched into a team, I, I think I naive Joelle thought like, Oh, I'm just going to hire a team. And like, when people apply to like, I'll just give them the client. Um, it is so much more than that. <laughs> to be oh, and like running things and uh, just like quality control and team meetings and, you know, the sales calls and making sure that like back end systems are running fine and payroll. And it's just a whole oh other gosh. ball game. Um, so I still am coaching. Um, I do have a handful of clients, but I do keep a much smaller roster now. Um, um, than the rest of my team. So the majority of people that apply um, will get onboarded to my team unless someone, you know, unless I get on a call with someone and they're like, I only will work with you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I keep the smaller roster. So if I'm like willing to take someone, uh, then I'll, I'll take them. But I do have, I just have to time-wise keep a much smaller roster now so that I can, you know, have time to work um, you know, on growing the team. And I've kind of learned that if all of my time is spent in the business, I can't work on the business. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm no, I'm no business expert, you know, things are going super well, but it's kind of just been like a learn as you go kind of situation because the, the business side is not what my background is in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You've probably had to learn just a ton on the business side of things as you go. Yeah. But I mean, um, even we are, even we're in that boat, right? Learning, <laughs> learning as we go. We're trying. <laughs> yeah. Google when people resources, are like, mentors, they're all our best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's almost like, you know, 
people, I get a lot of people ask, you know, like, can I come intern for level 10 or, you know, can I come work for you? And I'm just like, y'all, I don't know what I'm doing either. Like, you don't want to come <laughs> intern under me. Um, you know, but it's, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. It's, it's been awesome. And, and there's actually, you know, there's absolutely challenges that come along with being the boss. Um, especially when like, you love the people that work for you and like, they're like your friends, but they're your like employees and like yeah. kind of trying to draw that line is, is interesting. Um, but it's been really good. That's great. That's, yeah. And you, you offer both fitness and nutrition coaching. So you have, yes. uh, are your coaches specialized in like just nutrition, just fitness, or is it kind of both? So kind of both, we actually have one coach on our team that doesn't do any nutrition. So he's a strength and conditioning coach and an athletic trainer, mm -hmm. um, and actually still works as an athletic trainer for high school with their sport teams. Oh, cool. Um, but he is, he's a CSCS and then a certified athletic trainer. And so for some of our coaches, he writes their programming. So if someone comes on and you you know, they fill out their member questionnaire and it's like, Hey, you know, I want my program to be four days a week, but I have a previous meniscus tear. Um, I can't do whatever a lunge. Um, I want to make sure that there's no running in there. And, you know, I love the big three, like squat bench dead. We give that to Tom. Who's the, that person. Um, and Tom will go create the program for that coach, send it back to the coach and then send it to the client. So, um, so there are three of our coaches that are technically just nutrition because Tom does their programming. And then the other two coaches, um, a, the other two coaches do their training and their nutrition. Okay. That's awesome. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So we don't really take, um, and this is the, one of the reason we reasons we just launched those new training templates that came out. We don't really have like training only clients. Mm -hmm. Um, we have some clients that join that just want nutrition because like their programming is down pat or someone else does their programming. Um, but we don't, I think we have one client on our entire team, um, that does just training. And it's because he was like a friend of the guy that does the training on our team. And so he okay. took him as like a training only client, but everyone else, I mean, 99% of our, our client base is training and nutrition where we're doing both for them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely what we found makes the biggest difference. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Well, and we actually, we're pretty similar, right? We have a handful of fitness only clients, but the majority of folks are either doing both or just nutrition. It's funny yeah. how that kind of skews, because even though it's a lower price point, right? Like, people want the value that's included yeah. like, in the one-on-one -on -one coaching and in the nutrition coaching. Yeah. Ours is, I mean, the, the sell for us, I feel like is cause people will ask, you know, like, is there a price differential if I do just nutrition? Um, and, but it's not that significant. It's literally like a 50 buck difference. So most people are like, I'll just do it all. Um, uh, because when you're getting the training, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't struggle so much with the gym. It's really the nutrition side. Um, but the way I kind of explain it is like, look, if something is not going the way we want it to, and we're not progressing the way we want it to, we can't, we won't know that how you're training in the gym, right? We, we don't know that you're, you know, doing progressive overload and you're utilizing a program that's based in progression and linear periodization and progressive overload. And so if we don't know how you're training and we're not seeing your training videos and we're not whatever, we can't guarantee that you're going to see that same progress with training. That's not ours. So I don't like to pressure 
pressure anyone into doing the training. Uh, but it, it definitely, I think financially, it's worth it for like what the cost difference is. Um, and just in terms of value, because the other thing is like, one, you're getting a custom plan. We don't do templates with our, you know, with our one-on-one -on -one clients, they get a custom plan. So their injuries, their equipment, their days per week, their likes, their dislikes, everything. And then you also have the ability to send your coach videos for form and technique review. So I think that in and of itself is huge and worth the value personally. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we tell our folks the same thing, right? Like it's not the, it's not the training program you're getting. Yeah. It's customized to you and it's individualized programming, but it's not, it's not about the, the programming, right? It's about the communication you get with us, the access, the, like you said, the video analysis, it's, it's everything else on top of that, right? That's where the difference is made. And that's where yeah. you're really going to see changes in not only like your, your physique, your fitness, but also just the accountability and the consistency that you can have within the program itself. Right. It makes it feel like you're a little bit more all in, I feel like. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Um, so a lot of people come to us wanting to lose weight or wanting to change body composition. What are some red flags that they are not in a place to diet in your opinion? Mm. Yeah, I, I think there's a few. I, I think, um, you know, speaking from experience here at level 10, one of the first things that I ask someone, and this is of course a question on our, our member questionnaire, you know, our intake documents, but something that I tend to ask people on a lot of sales calls is like, when was the last time you dieted? Mm -hmm. You know, and if, if it's, I've been dieting since I'm 12 years old and I'm 35 now, well, wait, it's time to take you out of a deficit, sweetheart. Um, so, you know, there are, I think for, for me, someone's dieting history is one of the biggest ways that we can tell if someone is ready for another dieting phase, um, or if they likely need to reverse. Um, I would say 98% of our clients that come to level 10 need a reverse first. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like this with other coaches, but I feel like we get all the women that come to us like grossly under eating. Um, when we finally get a chick that's like, I want to be strong. I'm eating 2,500 calories <laughs> a day. Like I want a coach that's not going to starve me. I'm like, you've come to the right place. Um, so yeah, I think their dieting history is a huge, huge, um, tell for us. Uh, if obviously if they come to us eating 1200 calories versus you come to us eating 3000 calories, your nutrition protocols are going to be entirely different. Mm -hmm. Um, so dieting history is a huge one. I also like to look at menstrual health. Um, are you getting a period? Are you getting a regular period? Do we have PCOS? Are we hypothyroid? You know, like what kind of dieting history are we looking at? Um, things like PCOS, hypothyroid, these are often stress driven. Well, being in a chronic deficit is a massive stressor. Um, so do we need to potentially take you out of a deficit and potentially ease symptoms? You know, how's gut health? How's, you know, other variables of biofeedback? How are we sleeping? Things like that. Um, so I think for me, dieting history and menstrual health are, and just hormone health overall are two very big telltale signs um, of whether or not someone is ready to diet. Um, I also think that people's relationship with food is a big one. Um, we see a lot of clients sometimes that, you know, they're maybe eating a decent amount of food, but their relationship with food is so terrible. Um, and so sometimes those clients, we end up just reversing from a psychological standpoint, because we find a lot of times when we feed people and they no longer feel restricted, or they no longer have kind of this dieted down mindset, the relationship with food tends to improve. And then we're going into a dieting phase with a much better view of food um, than we would if we just jumped right into a dieting 
phase with someone whose relationship with food already stinks or they're struggling with binging and restricting, you know, if they have prior eating disorders, these are all kind of things that we screen um, so that we know if, if someone needs to enter a dieting phase or not. And the reason, you know, I, my sales calls end up getting super long because I, I get into this with people because I don't want someone to sign up thinking level 10 is going to be the answer to all my problems and I'm going to lose all this weight, but you come to us eating a thousand calories. I'm not going to diet you. You might not lose any weight because we're going to stick you in reverse. You might lose, you might gain. We don't know how your body's going to respond until you, till you join. Um, but I, I, I like to be super honest and upfront with people that like, look, we you're in good hands if you come to us, but we're going to, we're here to take care of your health. We're not just here to like, please, these your ecstatic goals because we're not going to run your body into the, sh- can I say shitter on? on- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> this, is ex- this is an explicit part. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like run into the, <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, we, we're very, we work from a very health first, you know, kind of standpoint. And so, um, we want to make sure that we are not doing more harm than good when it comes to your body. So if I, you know, ask someone on the phone, you know, how much are you eating? And they're eating a thousand or 1200 calories or whatever. I'm super upfront. Like, look, you'll be a great fit here. You'll be in great hands, but we're not taking your calories lower. We're taking them up. Um, and some people are like, oh yeah, no, I figured that needed to happen. I'm just, I've been too nervous to do a reverse on my own. And then other people are like, you want me to increase food? What? (laughs) Um, and then you're sitting there like explaining reverse diet and the benefits of a reverse diet because is I think that that honesty and transparency is so important. Like you have to know, the, the client has to know what's going to happen when they join the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to scam you and say, hey, you know, oh yeah, you're, you're going to get your goal body the second you join us. Like that would be so shitty and unrealistic <laughs> um, to, to say that. So I think that that transparency is, is really important for people and kind of screening whether or not they're in a place to diet or mm-hmm. if we need to take calories up. That totally makes sense. And that was kind of my next question too is how do you help individuals come to terms with the fact that there are more important aspects to focus on when they when they respond to you and they're like, like what? Yeah. And yeah. They're just hesitant, I guess. Look, there are some people that get really scared and I follow up with them after a phone call and they're like, I'm just too nervous. I can't do it right now. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like you'll, you'll probably be ready one day. And when you are, you know, reach back yeah. out to us, but that's just how we have to do things. Like I'm just it, like my moral code, my ethical code, I'm not yeah. going to drop you to 800 calories a day. Like <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Um, so if, if that doesn't work for you, then this isn't a good fit. And and that's okay with me. It's, it's more important to me that if you're a client, we value your health, um, versus making the money and just telling them what they want to hear. That's just not how, you know, we do things here at, at level 10. So, um, I think that that's a, a big part of things. And then, um, you said like, how do we, how do we help someone come to terms with it? I think education is the biggest part. Um, in my opinion, education breeds compliance. So, mm-hmm. uh, no one wants to stick to something that they don't understand. No one wants to follow something that they don't have a grip on. Um, so that's why sometimes a sales call will end up being an hour long with someone because it ends up becoming very educational, um, you know, and, and kind of walking them through this process and the, the benefits of reverse dieting and giving them resources and things things like that. And, and some people are like, okay, I'm really freaking scared, but let's do it. Like, I know I need this. I trust you. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of that is building that trust. Like, I think half of it's education and half is 
trust. Um, you know, whether or not people come from a previous coach that they had a bad experience with, I think makes a difference in their trust. Um, you know, some people are super skeptical and I don't blame them. It's a, it's your you're investing in your health. You're putting your health and your money in someone else's hands. Like it should be a well thought out process. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the only thing that I can do, I feel like is, is educate you and, um, you know, hope that in some way, uh, the more you follow me or the more you consume my content, maybe the more trusting you become. And maybe if it's not for you right now, it will be in the future. Um, but I can't force anyone, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's their choice. And, um, I, I don't like to get, you know, salesy. If someone tells me, no, I'm not going to be like, Oh really? Well, is what you're doing working? I know that like, that's how some people do things. It's just not my style. Like I'm not going to force you into this. If you're, if you don't feel good about it coming in, you're probably going to be a shitty client too. And I don't want a shitty client. Um, so it's just like, Hey, if this is not for this chapter of life, like that's fine. Yeah, no, I definitely find they have to be ready because there is only so much that we can do as a coach if they're not ready. And yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> I think we yeah. learned that too early on in the process, right? Kind of what Juval just hit on there of really being upfront with the yeah. folks who are signing up for nutrition and and realizing that, like you said, the majority, the large majority of people who are interested in nutrition coaching, and especially, you know, just tends to be more often females, they're probably under eating or they've been, you know, under eating for a prolonged yeah. period of time and making sure they understand, as you said, like, hey, we're not, we're not going to put you in, in a further caloric deficit. We're not going to go that route. And because that really sets the tone of, okay, you know, this is a, a process. This is going to yeah. be a while before we get you to where you're looking to yeah. go just because of the way things work and the way that we know we need to approach this. So that's definitely uh, been probably our biggest learning yeah. opportunity over the last year and a half. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think with that, people ask about a timeline a lot, which it's kind of like a, a tough question because it's a very like, it depends question, which everyone feels like is a cop out. But truth is like, it does depend. You know, how long were you in a prior deficit? When we get someone come to us that's 52 years old and we're like, you know, when was the last time you're in a diet? And they're like, I've been dieting since I'm 18. Like, oh my God. And then you're trying to explain to someone that has lived the low carb life for literally 40 years trying to explain to them like, no, you can eat carbs and you're probably going to feel a lot better is like, I think getting clients to unlearn Mm -hmm. the shit that they learn in the industry or learn quote unquote in the industry, getting people to unlearn concepts that are just like ingrained in them from diet culture. I think that's one of the hardest parts is like letting us help you unlearn things that you have thought your entire life. Absolutely. And I know we talked about this a little at the beginning, how the industry is so saturated now. What are two to three things that you think we're doing well at like for in the industry? Um, I think that recently, Recently, we've actually really liked this question because we all talk about the crappy things we see in the industry. So I appreciate this question because like, let's highlight the good stuff, um, which we sometimes don't do enough. So I think one of the things that we are doing well is I think there are a lot of people waking up to the fact that we need to be about 
educating people. Um, and of course there are still crappy coaches out there giving crappy plans and crappy workouts and crappy macros. Um, but I think that the standard is being raised in the industry. Um, I think that people are starting to realize that there's a difference between a good coach and a bad coach and you mm -hmm. need to do your research before hiring someone. I think that people are are valuing education a lot more now. Um, I think people are starting to seek out coaches that have a background, coaches that have education, coaches that have certifications and whatnot in the health, fitness, wellness field, as opposed to like the girl with abs is the one you want to sign up for because you think she's qualified because she has abs. I think that that's starting to shift a little bit. I hope it's starting to shift a little bit. I think it is. Um, so I think that that's something we're doing well. Um, I think that educational content is something that's starting to really pick up. Uh, I think that on a lot of accounts, you have people recognizing that they need to add value to people's lives um, if they want to do business, if they want to get clients. And so I'm seeing like a a huge uptick in like infographics and uh, stuff like that, because I think people are starting to realize like, oh, my selfies aren't cutting it anymore. Um, so I think that that's something that the industry is getting better at as well. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Do you have yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to add there. I agree. I think that's definitely been a shift, like you said, recently. Uh, yeah. Even, even from the time that we started, like a year and a half ago, there's been a definite shift. You see, like you said, way more infographics, way more carousel slides that are leading to some kind of value throughout the process yeah. of it. And, uh, you know, even if they are just images now, like we put an image, like a photo once a, you know, once a day, but it's followed with long form caption that has some kind right. of actual message within it. So I definitely agree with you there. That's, I think that's something we're definitely doing better at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we've talked a lot about education and its importance. How do you think that we can do better as an industry to go about educating the public in order to avoid kind of people developing these toxic relationships with food and bouncing between fads and gimmicks and kind of, like you said, finding an actual good coach that will educate you? Yeah, it's it's tough because it is such a, I hate to keep using the word saturated and saturated industry, but like, truthfully, there's a lot of people in this space. There's a lot yeah. of people in this space and, um, it, it is hard. I mean, when I, not to like go too deeply into like old eating disorder, Joel, um, uh, but that really stemmed from misinformation that I was reading. You know, I was led to believe that carbs were evil and fats were evil and sugar was evil and don't even eat fruit because that's got too many carbs and carrots, too many carbs, you know, vegetables that were like, you know, I was just, I was led to believe in, and that was one of the reasons I really wanted to become a coach is because I knew how dirty the misinformation in the industry did me. Um, and so I wanted to be someone, and that's why I started infographics. I was like, I want to just start like dispelling these myths, you know, like doing these, this myth busting because there's such crap out there. Um, and I, I wish, I wish there was a way, I wish there was somewhere for people to go to be like, Hey, these people are bullshit. These people are <laughs> good people. 
like go follow them. Um, but that's, you know, that's the thing about like building shareable content. Like that's how people's stuff gets seen. So, you know, that's one of the reasons I love those infographics is like people save them, they share them and that's how content gets out there. So, you know, I know, you know, obviously not to sit here and talk about like the Instagram algorithm, but that's why sharing things on, on Instagram is so helpful for content creators and for coaches is because like, yeah, if you like and move on great, but if you're liking and engaging and sharing, well, now someone else might have the opportunity to find that education. Um, so I just, I value those shares so much for anyone listening that has ever shared a post, <laughs> God bless. Thank you. Um, because that's how we can spread, you know, the value of educational content, um, and educated coaches. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, now I, because we live in a world of instant gratification, how do you help your level 10 family understand the importance of consistency versus perfection? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Um, for starters, we have a three month minimum at level 10. And I feel like that from the get go helps people realize like, this is not your little like two week get abs in 14 day challenge like this, we are in it for the long haul and we want you to be in it for the long haul as well. Um, I would say the majority of our clients stay between six and 12 months. Uh, and so that's something I let people know, like from the phone call, mm -hmm. like our very first sales call is like, Hey, most people are sometimes on this team for six months to a year, um, depending on what their needs are, what their goals are. But like, if we have to reverse and then do a maintenance phase and then do a cut, it ain't all going to be in 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think kind of keeping realistic expectations about timelines from the get-go is really important. Uh, but I think luckily, I think a lot of people that are joining our team understand that we are in it for the long haul. Like, I think people don't look to us like, oh, they're going to get me shredded real quick. Like, I think we don't put out that kind of vibe yeah. and that like that kind of content. So I think that people kind of know that, um, of course we have clients that got frustrated. Like, why aren't I seeing progress? Or like, why am I gaining weight on my reverse when other people are losing weight on my reverse? And then it's kind of explaining like, look, there's three possible outcomes of a reverse. You might gain, you might lose, you might maintain all of which are normal. So again, I think it comes down to that education, um, being really honest and transparent about timelines, about, you know, um, how long things need to happen for, um, but I think that our, our clients do have a pretty good understanding from their coaches, from myself, from our content that like, we are in this for your health. Health is not something we change overnight. We're in this for the long haul. Um, and so I think just making that clear from the get-go is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. I think it kind of stems back to what you had just mentioned as well, right? It all goes back to whatever you're preaching. If you're consistently putting out the same message of, consistency, you know, longevity, uh, you know, um, can't even think of the word that I'm trying to come up with here now, but accountability and all these things, uh, then, you know, hopefully you're attracting that ideal individual who believes in those things. Uh, and like you said, every now and then one might slip through the cracks that, <laughs> that doesn't, uh, right. quite understand that concept, but those are the people that you just have to educate more, preach harder to, <laughs> you know, like, and I think it's really important. We talk about this a lot with folks, you know, we, we, Ashley and I need to be setting the example and leading by example of like, hey, sharing our goals, sharing our journey through whatever we're trying to achieve. You know, like right now we're very open. Like we have a photo shoot next week that we've been <laughs> in a caloric deficit for so that we make sure we look the way we want to look and like sharing with folks, hey, 
we don't look like this. We're not going to look like we look in these right. photos year round. Like this is a yeah. process and this is how the majority of the industry does it. They just might not share it with you, right? They might want right. you to think they walk around as right. 6% body fat year round. <laughs> <laughs> and and then they, they keep those photo shoot pictures of when they're super lean and just post them throughout the year as if they're that lean all year. Mm -hmm. um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that <laughs> transparency is, is huge for people to know like, Hey, we're doing a cut. This is a short-term thing. It was eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is. And then after that, we're going to reverse ourselves back up, like practicing what you preach. It's important for your, for your clients to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in your opinion, why is it so important for nutrition to be an individualized approach? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> so nutrition's got to be individualized because everyone has a different body. Everyone's got a different yeah. metabolism. Everyone's got different hormone fluctuations. Everyone's got a different dieting history. Everyone's got different goals. Everyone's got different activity levels. Um, so it, it, I, I like this question because it rem it makes me think of all the people that, you know, I get tons of DMS, especially if I do like a question box, I'll get a question like, what should my macros be? How should I calculate macros? Are these macros good for me? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything about you. Um, I don't know your dieting history. I don't know your medical history. I don't know your activity levels. I don't know anything. And they're like, well, I weigh this and my height is this. And I'm like, I still don't know anything about you. Um, so, you know, individualized nutrition is so, so crucial because we are all in a different body. We all have a different metabolism. Um, you know, and all of our bodies respond differently to, to different things. If I did CrossFit, my body would hate me, um, personally, because my hormones and the like place that my health is at after like being in a deficit for a really long time, you know, not reversing for a really long time, um, not taking res days for a really long time. My body's at a point now that like, if I do more than four days a week, my body's like, no girl, slow down. <laughs> or if I do something way too high intensity, you know, something like CrossFit, which I would love to one day do, but at this chapter in my journey, stress wise, it would be too much for my body. Um, you know, I have clients that are marathon runners. Um, and their, you know, nutrition is going to look a lot different than someone who's doing a powerlifting competition, than someone that's just a lifestyle lifter, um, than someone that's reversing, than someone that's dieting. Um, so it is really important that, you know, you're not following your, you know, the, the macros that you read about in an article or the, you know, your favorite fitspo is eating 300 grams of carbs. So you think you can eat 300 grams of carbs. It's got to be individual. And so it's, it's hard even when people are like, even when people ask, like, how should I calculate my own macros or, you know, how should I calculate this or that, or how much should I be eating? I'm like, it's so individual. Like I don't even as a coach and all the coaches on my team, it's not like we all have one magical calculation or formula that every client gets, you know, it's, it's going to change. We might have some, you know, basics of like, you know, amounts of fat we don't want to drop under or like amount of grams per pound of body weight for protein, things like that. We might have some general guidelines, but things are always going to be moving around based on that individual person. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's what I was just going to say. I love how you unpack that. Cause all of those things, you know, people often overlook those. And like you said, you'll get those DMS of like the simple solution. They just want the macros or they want, I get a lot of times, Hey dude, can you just send me like a meal plan? Even, and I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, and it makes me cringe every time I actually showed Ashley one of these uh, a couple of weeks ago when I see folks, you know, Fitzbo's out there giving like, Hey, here's a link to my site. Like plug in your, your height weight for our, you know, our macro calculator or our BMR calculator or whatever it is. And I'm like, 
now we just have people everywhere, right? Trying to right. <laughs> trying to think that these equations are and the I, solution. Yeah, and and they're not. I think that's. I think that there are better ones than others out there, but I think that for some people, at least it gives them like some shred of a starting point. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you want to use something as a starting point and then adjust up or down based on your needs, that's fine. But most people use it as a starting point and an ending point, and they don't know how to adjust things on their own. So then they're using these numbers as like Bible, um, of, you know, the end all be all of what they should be having. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like the same thing with, uh, calories burned on like a fitness watch like that stuff is inaccurate <laughs> like it doesn't know anything about your metabolism your watch doesn't know about your metabolism your you know your tdee calculator on google doesn't know anything <laughs> about the complexity of your metabolism and so you know i think for it's hard because I very much try to not overcomplicate things on my page. I try to really take like more complex topics and break them down and, and simplify them. But um, the the fine line is not oversimplifying something like a macro calculator um, because now that oversimplification can do people the disservice. Right. Absolutely. I love that you just brought up the the calorie tracking <laughs> on the watches. We did a, a post. This is like a year ago at this point. But we did a post about this and I, it was a video and I literally like oh, took yeah. my watch and like threw it onto the road. I was like, and I basically said like, yeah. this is, this does not dictate the value of your training or something along those lines. And the amount People of probably feedback went nuts. and yeah. oh yeah, the amount of backlash <laughs> we got on that from folks who were at the gym that followed us online, who all are obsessed with their, you know, their Apple watch or their uh, Garmin or whatever it may be. It was just it was yeah. comical to the point where it was like, I cannot believe this people fired get so many upset. people up. Yeah. yeah, people get upset. I, I did a fitness tracker post semi recently, and there were a lot of people in there that, you know, were not nasty, but but upset um, about like, what do you mean? You know, I've been using this forever. This is my Bible. <laughs> this is how I do things. Um, and, you know, then you have a lot of people that are totally addicted to their fitness watch. Like if they forgot to track it or their watch died, it's a meltdown. Like the workout never happened. Um, and I'm like, yo, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, unless you are hooked up to a freaking metabolic cart, you have no clue how many calories you burned. Like I promise. <laughs> um, and so I, I like to put up like a side by side for people when they ask about like fitness watches or something or calories burned. I always put up like a, pic a picture of like an Apple watch and then a picture of like a met cart. Um, and like, someone on a treadmill, like all hooked up to a Met card and VO2 and everything. Uh, and then I'm like, your watch does not do this. You know, like this is not the same thing. So just disregard it. Um, you know, and then people are like, well, so does it overestimate? Does it underestimate? Like they're still trying to like make their watch work. And I'm like, yo, I have an Apple watch too. I track my workouts too, but I'm looking at my heart rate. I'm looking at how long my rest periods are. I'm not looking at the calories burned. Um, there was absolutely a time where I was super focused on the caloric burn. Um, but like the caloric burn is like the last thing on my mind in a strength training workout. Like mm -hmm. we don't lift to burn calories. There's a lot of other reasons to strength train and to lift weights. Caloric burn is the last one on that list. If it's even on the list. Absolutely. Right. I think that's one of our biggest challenges to explain to people, especially with our programs. And when we did coach CrossFit, they'd come from orange theory and they'd be yeah. like, well, I burned like 700 calories. And 
I'm like laying on the ground in this workout, but I only burned like 200. So like my yeah. muscles are shaking, but like this right. isn't as good. Like I felt great and that was an awesome workout, but I didn't burn as many calories yeah. or like the clients that come to us and they're like, so how many calories should I be burning per workout? And I'm yes. like, you don't have to burn. You can burn zero. I don't care. Just don't care. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting. And especially like, yeah, like the OTF classes where things are like super calorie focused or, okay, guys, we're gonna do a thousand calorie workout today. And then people like feel so good about that number. Uh, and then they go home and binge be because they're starving, um, or their metabolisms are crap because they're in a deficit and doing these super high intensity mm -hmm. classes. Um, I think getting people to, to think a little bit differently about that stuff. And I will never bash any form of exercise. I know there's people out there that like bash OTF or bash CrossFit. Like I'm not here to bash any exercise. I'm happy that you are doing anything that gets you moving and active. Um, but I think people don't realize that they're nutrition has to match their activity levels. And that's where I feel like there's a huge gap in the industry of like, regardless if you're doing CrossFit or you're lifting or you're doing OTF or whatever it is, energy demands have to meet energy demands, right? Your, your nutrition has to meet your activity levels. Um, and so, you know, this is something that I, I hammer home with, um, clients that reverse, I find a lot of the clients that need a reverse diet are also the chronic exercisers. Like they're the chronic dieters, but also the chronic exercisers. And sometimes we like limit cardio a little bit when they start and we're like, Hey, here's your lifts. And then when there's no cardio on there and it's just like, you know, 10,000 steps a day, there's like, they're like, where's on my cardio. Like I'm going to gain all this weight. And I'm like, I promise just like, give it a few weeks, whatever. Um, and then sometimes you still have those people that are like, please, can I add a run in like, or two runs a week? Like I, I promise not to run a marathon, like just like a two mile run. You know, people are like begging <laughs> for their cardio and I'm like, all right, we'll add some in, but now calories go up and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, your, your calories have to match your activity level. So if activity is going up, calories go up. And a lot of times I actually think that that kind of helps people a little bit come to terms with, with bringing up their calories. They're like, okay, well, I know that I'm like not sitting on the couch, like a lazy person. I know I'm super active. So like it helps people sometimes come to terms, I think with, with pushing more food and pushing more calories, but I'm like, yeah, you don't get to train for a marathon and be on 1200 calories. Like we're going to feed you. Um, you know, my marathon girls are on like 300, 350 grams of carbs every single day. And they're like on rest days too. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you like, you got to recover. Um, so yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is like, you can't have this massive, massive calorie expenditure and a massive, massive deficit. Like it's not going to feel good. You're not going to feel good. You're not going to look good. Metabolism is going to suck. Sex hormones are going to suck. Menstrual cycle is going to suck. Um, and that's where I think feel like there's just still this big gap that we have to fill in the industry. Yeah, for sure. I love that. That was so funny. I think that would actually help a lot of some of the folks that we work with as well, kind of putting it in, framing it in that way. Uh, I always call those folks Energizer Ellens. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of my, my term for them because they that's what happens, right? They're addicted to, not even addicted, but psychologically they believe that they need that level of yeah. total like energy expenditure. Yeah. And if they don't have that, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you I know, have it's really not the case. Yeah, absolutely, Derek. And and I have a client right now. She the the first person that comes to mind in talking about this, a client of mine. Um, she came to us like chronic exerciser, six or seven days a week. Um, but her lifts were like, man, 
like 10 exercises, five, six sets of everything, just like total beat down, like not effective, not efficient, just like that desire to leave feeling like death. You know, it's, some people crave that. Like, I get it. You want to feel worn out. You want to feel like you had a good workout, but like 10 exercise, five, six sets of everything, you know, two hours of lifting and hit and circuits. And you're doing push-ups between every other <laughs> exercise and jumping jacks to keep your heart rate up. Like all oh, this is so ineffective. And so I'll never forget. She came to us and I was like, okay, we're going to knock you down to four days a week. Then we're going to get rid of your running and you're gonna have 10,000 steps a day. And she started dropping weight. Um, and she's like, what's happening? And I was like, yeah, see what happens when your body's not under like a ton of freaking stress. Um, and so then eventually she's actually this client that was like, please, can we add a little bit? Like, can we add a run? Um, I just, you know, it's not for the caloric burn. It's just because I love running. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so we add in a run um, and her body's still responding well. And we're still reversing her. We're still bringing her calories up. And now she just asked me last week, she's like, please, I got a Peloton. Can we add a bike <laughs> session? And I'm like, dang it, girl. Um, so now she's got her four lives. She's got a bike session. She's got a run session, but we keep bringing calories up. Um, and so this past week that we actually added in this uh, like spin class or whatever, her weight was up and she's like, what's happening? And I was like, stress is getting high again. Like we either got to keep pushing calories or we got to ease up on the cardio again, because this is your body saying, Hey, four lifts plus 10 K steps every day, plus a half an hour run plus a half an hour spin is, is starting to wear on me a little little bit, you know, like energy levels were suffering. Fatigue was high. Stress was high. Weight was up. And I'm like, this is what I mean. You know, and sometimes you like, you gotta meet a client where they're at, right? You don't want them to feel unheard. You don't want them to not feel like their feelings are valid. Um, so I always try to compromise like, all right, like we can add a little bit more, but like, then you gotta let me add a little bit of food, you know, like we got to mm -hmm. compromise here. Um, and it's, it's cool when the client turns around and they're like, I see what you did there you gave me the run so that you'd see that my scale weight goes up because it's too much stress on my body. Like I see what you did coach. And I'm like, ha, yeah, yeah. A lot a of the bit. times I just wanted you to realize, <laughs> yeah, like, fine, sure. We'll do it your way and let's see how it goes. And then we'll do it my way when it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. I've found that a lot of the times they have to find out themselves. Yeah. Um, now I do have a question with that specific client did she give you pushback at the beginning when you told her like, all right, we are dropping to four sessions per week, no running. Like, how did that go? Yeah. Um, this particular client, there was definitely some pushback. Um, there was a lot of reassurance, um, a lot of education mm -hmm. around why we're doing it this way, why we have to do it this way. Um, and you you have to kind of kindly say to people like clearly what you're doing is not working so like yeah. let's just try it my way and it's it's hard to like say that as a coach without sounding like a total bitch <laughs> um but truthfully you gotta like let people know like look you've done it this way for so long and this is where you're at now and now you're coming to a coach because you're trusting that this person you know, can do it a different way or teach you a different way. So let's just try it my way, you know, for a few mm -hmm. weeks, if things go totally crazy or whatever, or what I predict is going to happen, doesn't happen, then we'll ease up on things or we'll add this back in, but I need you to just trust me. You know, you got to remember, I always try to tell people to come back to their why. And I don't know if you guys do this, like if you do sales calls, but on a sales call, I take notes like uh, on things that people say. And of course I'm asking them about, you know, why are you wanting a coach? What are your goals? Why do you want to sign 
sign up, things like that. And so when people are really struggling, I actually bring back up their call notes and I bring back up their questionnaire uh, to kind of refocus them on their why. Like, hey, mm -hmm. I just want to read you something from your questionnaire that you put in here. You put in here that you wanted to get stronger, that you wanted to gain muscle um, and that you wanted to feel fit and healthy and happy. Um, and right now, what you're telling me in this check-in about that you want to, you know, um, do all this cardio and you don't want to eat more and you don't want to this and that and that, I'm like, those actions don't align with your goals. We have to make sure that your behaviors and your actions align with what you told me your goals were. Um, so the plan that I've created for you is based on what you told me. So I know you're having kind of a moment of weakness right now, or you're having a bad body image day, but I want you to think about your why. These are five reasons why you signed up that you told me. So I want to hold you accountable to your why, because I know that a weak moment right now is not going to change what your end goal is. Um, so that's a big thing for me that I try to do is just like recenter them um, mm -hmm. to like, hey, this is something you said to me on our very first phone call um, in quotes, you know, and I wrote it on, on, I try to literally take a quote from those phone calls. So like, be like, I have this, you know, as collateral when I meet it later. Um, yeah. And so that's something that I think is, is really helpful for people. It's like, Hey, we got to make sure that your actions align with your goals and what you're asking to do versus what we need to do are like, those are different for, you know, one is aligned with your goals and one is not. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I think that's, that's extremely important. Um, now in your experiences, what is the most common struggle that your clients encounter and what are some strategies that you do to help those folks overcome that obstacle? Yeah, I, I think the biggest obstacle is, um, and I, I know I touched on this a little bit before, but I think the biggest obstacle is, is helping people unlearn old behaviors, um, or old thought patterns, um, you know, old ways of thinking that, you know, they have to be low carb if they want to lose weight or, uh, you know, that they have to eat seven meals a day if they want to gain muscle or that, you know, it's, meals every two hours are going to increase their metabolism or that their protein needs to be like double their body weight. You know, a lot of it is just, um, I think that the hardest part is helping people unlearn things. Um, uh, because when something is a learned behavior, uh, it, it's so hard to change that. You know, if we think about a physical skill, uh, you know, I think about how my husband was a baseball player in college. If someone said to him, Hey, your entire swing is wacky. You got to change your entire swing. It would be so hard to unlearn the way he swung a bat for 30 years to now say, no, that's totally wrong. We got to change that entire movement pattern. It would take so long, right? It would take so much time, so much energy, so much effort, so much practice to, to relearn that swing into something entirely different. And so I think that's what's so hard for people is mentally, we're trying to unlearn something that's like ingrained in us uh, and just trust that like this coach we hired knows better than the way we've been doing things for however long. So I think that's the hardest part um, and again, in my opinion, it just comes down to educating over and over and over. And sometimes, you know, <clears throat> the check-ins with the clients, sometimes it's, a, it's really repetitive. Sometimes you are just trying to drill it over and over and over, um, and say it in 20 different ways until one way you say it, finally, like the light bulb goes off and it clicks and they're like, get it now. Um, and that light bulb moment as a coach, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, but, but sometimes it just takes a lot of repetitive, you know, repetitiveness or hearing it from different coaches on the team or hearing it from different clients on the team. Um, 
we have a group chat um, with all of our clients and coaches in it. And then we also do two groups Zoom calls every month with all of our clients and coaches. So I think sometimes um, those are really helpful opportunities for people to hear something that we might be saying to a client over and over and over, but then they hear someone else say it and they're like, oh, wow, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it's, I'm sure we have all people in our lives that like, I know my mom, my mom, I'm very, very close with both my parents and my mom will sometimes say something to me and I'm like, no, like that would never work. And then my dad could say the same thing to me two days later. I'm like, that's a great idea. And my, yes. mom will, my mom will call me like her dad gave you a great idea. You know, like you thought it was a great idea when dad said it, but no, when I said it, or, you know, it's like your spouse, right? My husband can tell me something and I'm like, no, that's silly. And then someone else says it. Um, and you're like, yeah, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I'll try that. Uh, so I think having, you know, re enforcement all around for more than one person can sometimes be really helpful. Um, yeah, I think that hearing things in different ways and hearing that education presented in different ways, just like people are different learners. You know, as a teacher, you learn like some students learn it this way. Some students need that kind of example or they need that kind of demonstration. And so, you know, repeating things in different ways sometimes I feel like helps hammer things home. But at the end of the day, that education is constantly going to be what is um, allowing people to to unlearn you know, those previous thoughts and behaviors. Yeah, I love that you brought up like the, you know, the different way to to say things or the different way to frame it or, or whatever it may be. And we obviously have seen that with clients and especially even, you know, the same thing can be applied to like in-person training, right? I can come in and tell whoever it may be, hey, you need to throw your nose towards your toes on that muscle up if you want to transition through and, you know, it doesn't stick, whatever it may be. I may try 16 other ways <laughs> and then all it takes is the other coach to walk in and be like, hey, Ash, why didn't you, uh, why don't you just pull the rings a little deeper or, you know, whatever it may I'm be. I'm literally right, like, like, you're totally talking about different a personal cue. experience. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that literally happened to us. That's why I use that as an example. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes it's just that tiniest cue, right? That just mm -hmm. like, you know, in a squat or deadlift or anything, we, we hear coaches cue differently, you know, screw your feet into the ground or, you know, close the, close the door with your butt, you know, to get your hips back and, and different cues speak differently to different people. Um, you know, we hear in a pull-up sometimes I think about something that helped me a ton. Someone sent to me a while ago, um, push your elbows down, right. To get yourself up, push your elbows down in a pull-up. And like, that was a cue that just always stuck with me. And there are some cues, you know, for certain lifts that just stick to people and others, like they just don't resonate. Uh, so don't, don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I don't take it personal. I just, I love it. It's just easy examples, right? Like yeah. it's so true. It doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been in the industry, how great of a coach you are. Like all it takes is for a different, yeah different way to phrase it, even a different tone of voice. And sometimes it connects. Absolutely. Well, I can't, I, I, I don't, I've never tried to do a muscle, muscle up. I probably can't do a muscle up, but if I ever try, I will come to you, Derek, for all the cues. Yeah. I mean, that, that'll probably be the case. And then Ashley, will give you one that I've, ne I've never even heard and it'll click and it'll be a wonderful oh, moment. Yeah. I'll be so happy. <laughs> I also love how you said that you have a group chat with all of your clients because I think it can help them, uh, people understand that they're not alone. And yes. like you said, just hearing that other people are going through similar things, I think can help extremely. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. when, when we have a lot of people that are reverse dieting, um, you know, you know, they see other people losing weight and then they see their coach giving them more food. And like, especially if someone is gaining on a reverse, uh, you know, the people that are losing, 
using on the verse on their on a reverse we call those our unicorns you know they're our outliers they're not the <laughs> yeah. typical norm uh, but it does sometimes happen and then you have the people that are gaining weight on a reverse that's that are like why isn't that me um you know so the group chat's been really helpful for people and yeah not feeling alone I, I actually think especially during covid where people don't have as much of a social outlet they're maybe not in gyms or seeing their usual gym crowd um things like that i think that having that group chat has been so helpful and the group calls has been so helpful because it's allowed people to be social with a group of people that in some capacity have similar goals to them and want to feel healthier and want to feel better absolutely no i i think that's awesome that you guys do that um now before we start to wrap up i have one or two more questions um often I feel like people underestimate the value of a coach and more specifically, probably a nutrition coach and all that is included in the relationship. Like we talked about a little bit at the beginning. Uh, Can you speak on the benefits of having a coach and why most of us probably need a coach in some capacity, whether that is nutrition, fitness, or just life in general? Yeah, sure. So I think that, um, I think a lot of times this comes down to ego. Uh, if your ego is so big because you think you know everything or there's <laughs> nothing else for you to learn, you're you're not going to have a, a good time. Um, you know, where you think you're having a good time, but you can know a lot more. I mean, I've had several coaches in the past. I'm a coach while being a coach. I've had coaches. I've had mentors. Um, and you know, just because you know a lot doesn't mean you know everything. And and that was something, like I said before, of the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I still know now about, you know, coaching and nutrition and hormones, I know that there's still a ton I don't know. And so I love to forever be a student. And I think that that's so important just as an adult, as a coach, just to always be learning. If, if we just decided that Nope, we've met our capacity. There's nothing else I need to know. I think you're doing yourself such a disservice in terms of personal growth. Um, and then you're doing your clients a disservice too. If I sit, I'm starting a new course actually on Tuesday um, for functional nutrition and metabolism with Sam Miller, if you guys know who that is. Oh, nice. um, he's a good friend of mine. And so I hired him to put my entire team, every single one of my coaches, through this metabolism and, nut- and functional nutrition course um, because we're all smart, but we can all learn more. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to admit that. And so I think when it comes to having a nutrition coach specifically, chances are, you don't know everything about, you know, nutrition and your coach might not know everything about nutrition either. Uh, but we actually have dietitians on our team as clients. We have health coaches on our team as clients. We have doctors on our team as clients. So I love those people. Cause they're like, yeah, I know things. I have a degree in this too, but I also know that I can learn more. And I think that that's a really, really important, um, like skill characteristic trait is to be able to say, I have more to learn and I'm not afraid to accept that, uh, or to admit that. And so having a nutrition coach is, is, I mean, I think crucial. If you're at any stage of your journey where you're feeling stuck, um, you know, you have a toothache, you go to a dentist, uh, you have a nutrition related issue. You should get a nutrition coach. Um, and this is, you know, not to dive too, too deeply into mental health. I had a client struggling the other day. Um, you know, she was talking a little bit about 
struggling mentally. And she's been talking about this for a few weeks and we have uh, a mental health counselor and a licensed psychotherapist on level 10 so that our clients can get access to mental health services to sort of bridge that gap for people. And uh, this client said, I'm really struggling with my mental health. I think I'm going to start doing yoga. And I was like, no, if we're struggling with mental health, let's go see a mental health professional. Let's get you on the phone with our, our team psychotherapist and, um, and set up a call with you two. Um, we don't, you know, it's let's put things where they should be mm-hmm. right. Let's hire who we need to based on what the issue is. So, um, I know that people like to use exercise as therapy and like to say, exercise is my outlet and exercise is my therapy and exercise relieves stress. But the thing that relieves your stress can't also be a stressor for you. Um, so I think overall it's, it's recognizing that one, you don't know everything, uh, and two leave you leave the education to the person who does no more, right? Go to, you know, if, if I break an ankle, I'm going to go to an orthopedist. I'm not going to start yoga. Um, if I have a mental health issue, I'm going to go to a mental health professional. If I have a nutrition issue, I'm going to go to a nutritionist or nutrition coach. Um, so I think that that's probably, yeah, how I would go about that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I completely agree with all that. I, uh, I used to be an intern at Reebok CrossFit one. So at Reebok World oh, cool. headquarters, this is like back in 2013. It's how I kind of got into fitness. And I remember on my first, it was probably my first or second day, uh, Denise Thomas and Austin Maliolo, who were both kind of running the show there, they came up to me and they said like, look, like you don't know anything yet, but all you need to know is that if you believe you know it all, that's the day you need to quit. That's the day you need to hand in your <laughs> resignation and get the hell out of here. And that yep. all has stuck with me like since <laughs> and I'll never forget that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like you're not too good to learn more. I promise you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, alrighty. I have two more questions. Okay. So if you could leave folks with one or two kind of tidbits of simple practical advice that they can put into action immediately after listening to this episode, what would they be? Uh, I think one thing would be if, if you are looking for a coach, do your research, you know, someone's abs don't qualify them to be a coach. Um, someone's following doesn't qualify them to be a coach. Um, so I think, you know, as much as we talk about how do you go about finding good coaches, you know, in the industry, um, sometimes it's just a matter of like, you know, doing your research before you dive in, you know, Mm -hmm. look for client testimonials, look for old clients that people coaches have tagged in their photos, go DM that person be like, Hey, what was your experience with that person? What was your experience with that coach? Like dig in a little, do your research. Um, because I think a lot of the bad coaching experiences that we hear about would be prevented if people actually just like did a little bit more digging on their coach before they hired them. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times, I get people, you know, on the phone that come to us, you know, from another coach and they're like, I should have done my research. You know, I just, I thought this person was cool. I followed them for a long time. So I trusted them. But after digging a little bit deeper, once I was already working with them, like then I realized it wasn't for me or wasn't a good fit. So I would say one piece of advice would be to do your research. If you're looking for a coach, um, I guess before I um, give a second tip, who, who is the majority of your listeners? Like, are they coaches? Are they ideal clients? Like, who am I giving advice to before I, that's a great question. Yeah. I was actually going to lead in with that, but I, I was letting Ashley take the wheel here. Most of the people listening are probably going to be our clients or people we've worked with in the past. It's not going to necessarily be coaches. And, you know, our clientele is very much like the, we'll say the experienced fitness enthusiast, someone who is 
relatively autonomous but needs some additional accountability, uh, folks who you know have an idea of what they should be eating or what they <laughs> they could be eating but need some additional guidance there as well. So does that sound about right? Yeah. Ash? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So, uh, so I guess number two, let me think here. Number one was do your research before hiring a coach. Number two, I mean, not to be repetitive here, but I think just never stop learning. Like you always have more to learn. Um, so whether that's a certification or a course or like a membership site, you know, that you learn from and get up to date research from, or, you know, if it's a YouTube channel that you follow, you know, do your research on who you're consuming, mm-hmm. uh, but never stop learning. There is always more to learn, um, you know, and it doesn't have to mean that you got to go back to school or anything like that. But there's so much, as much as there's crappy information out there, there's a lot of really great information out there now as well. And, and we have all of that at our fingertips um, and, and can get that information instantly. Um, so never stop learning. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, love it. Um, well, thank you so, so much for taking the time today to chat with us. If listeners want to find out more about you and your team and your coaching, where can they find you? Sure. So you can find me at Joelle Samantha. Uh, my coaching Instagram is at level 10 coaching. Um, you can also go to level 10 coaching.co not com. <laughs> com was taken. Uh, so level10coaching.co uh, is where you can find our team. You can read a bio on every single one of our coaches. You can read client testimonials, uh, get your hands on workout templates, you know, anything like that. So yeah, you can find us there. And guys, if you do listen to this, please reach out to me. I love, love, love hearing from listeners. So reach out to me, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Let me know that you listened and uh, I'll be super excited to connect with you. And Ashley and Derek, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Well, fantastic. I think that wraps it up for today. And uh, again, thank you so much. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, everybody out there listening, we'll catch you next week. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we cannot thank you enough. We are so grateful and appreciative to have all of you not only listening to the show, but supporting our efforts with Ballistic Performance. If you enjoy what you hear on this podcast, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we appear in more search results. It's how we gain more recognition, and it's ultimately how we reach more people and change more lives through Ballistic Performance. Now, as always, if you do not follow us on any of our other platforms, you are missing out. Head over to TikTok, give us a follow. We have hundreds and hundreds of fitness videos on there for you covering a whole range of topics. So all things fitness are found on TikTok. If you're not following us on Facebook, make sure you get on there at Ballistic Performance. You know, our handle on TikTok, forgot to mention that as well, is Ballistic Performance. And then of course on Instagram, if you do not follow us on Instagram, we are always putting out content on there to help you move forward on your health and fitness journey. Our handle is Ballistic.Performance on Instagram. Guys, as always, it was a pleasure. We will see you next week.